We invite you to join us for a half hour of inspiration, sharing, and teaching in a new program of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This comes as an outreach of the Logos Ministry for Orthodox Renewal, headquartered in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The founder of this ministry of faith is Father Eusebius Stefanu, Greek Orthodox priest, author, and evangelist, who's been called by God out of pastoral and professorial posts to proclaim the end-time message of salvation, healing, and deliverance in Jesus Christ. Father Stefanu comes to share a message of love and hope with both those who've never known Christ and those who are already members of the church but have never experienced the fullness of God's redeeming grace and healing power. At the close of the program, we will give you the address where you can write our evangelist. It will also appear on your screen in the course of the program. And now, our speaker and host, Father Eusebius Stefanu. Welcome to the Hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. It's a real joy to be with you again today. And uh, I just thank God for this opportunity to fellowship with you in the presence of God and to speak to you about renewal in the church today because that's what God is doing. He's doing a work of renewal and restoration inside the historic churches. I have identified with the church for years. I have grown up in the church. My father was a Greek Orthodox priest and God has given me a, a special burden for those who are already in the church. In other words, for what, what are, is known sometimes as cradle members. Now, you may be one of them. Now, we've got a good message for you today, and I'm going to ask you to join with me in, in the uh, next half hour, and I want to share with you God's Word, because this is what is important, to know what God wants for His church and what God wants for your life. He uh, loves you, He's concerned about you, and He desires that you might have everything that he has for you. You're an object of God's love. Now, the, the problem is, why is the church today encountering such a crisis? I mean, this is commonly accepted that the church is facing today a spiritual crisis. It's, it has lost its impact on the world. And it's suffering from an inner, an inner uh, predicament, predicament which can be called a spiritual crisis. Now, do you know that the greatest enemy to the church, the greatest enemy of God, is not atheism, it's not unbelief, and it's not even irreligion, but it is religious formalism as strange as it may seem. In other words, it's attachment to religious forms that become meaningless. God's Word says that in the last days, perilous times shall come, and men shall hold to the form of religion, denying the power thereof. The Bible predicts that in the last days prior to the return of Jesus, there will be a lot of religion, people will be religious, but the religion that they will be attached to will be irrelevant, spiritually speaking. They will not experience the power of God in the religion 
that they adhere to. And this is the greatest danger that is facing the church today. And if so many people today are turned off by the church, it's only because the message of the church, the religion that the church presents today has become so irrelevant. In other words, what we need today in the church is a faith and a message that is viable, which is meaningful, that men and women, young people can relate to. And I feel that what people need today is the power of God. In other words, supernatural power, the power of the Holy Spirit. So what the challenge of the church is today is to transform those those established structures into sources of Christian redeeming and healing and liberating power. That's what the man of the 20th century needs today. Now, I'm not saying this because I'm demeaning or downgrading the ritual. I'm not, uh, I'm not speaking in a derogatory way about the sacraments, no. Because the church I belong to is a sacramental church. I hold to all the sacraments. But we have to be cautious against turning the religious forms into something religiously magic. To think that just by going through uh, the motions of religion, we have pleased God and that we have received everything that God has for us. In other words, what we need today is an experience of God in a spiritual dimension. But before I go on with the message today, I like to just express my deepest thanks to all of you out there that have been following this program. I want to thank all of you who have been supporting this program with your prayers, with your letters, and with your offerings. I'm going to ask you to stand by with me so that I might be able to press on in this outreach and to preach the Word of God, to preach the gospel that needs to be heard anew, afresh, inside the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been getting some pretty good letters from a number of people, and I'll tell you, those letters really mean a lot to me, and they encourage me and hearten me in this television ministry. I like to read just a couple of them, give you an idea what, I, what I've been receiving. Uh, here is a letter from a viewer in, uh, from Lansing, Illinois. And he writes, Dear Father Stefano, your TV program was a real blessing to me. I thank God for broadcasts like yours. I am sure God does a mighty work through your ministry. Isn't that beautiful? That's kind of a letter that really encourages me. And here's uh, another letter from uh, a viewer in Harwood Heights, Illinois. And uh, this viewer writes, Dear Father Stefano, your program on Channel 38 in Chicago has been a real blessing. I hope God will continue to bless your work of spiritual renewal for Orthodox Christians. And uh, here's another letter from a viewer in San Pierre, Indiana. Dear Father Stefano, we would like you to know we enjoy your television program very much. 
We listen to it every Sunday. Praise God. That's wonderful. I want you to write me. If you've never written me a letter, please share with me your thoughts and share with me the blessings that you have been receiving on this program. Your letters mean a lot to me. Write me today if you haven't written me. And stand behind me so that I could press on in bringing the Word of God, bringing the saving gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to God's people, to the people of God, to the people of inheritance that are already in the church, but who fall short of their privileges, who really do not enjoy the fullness of their spiritual inheritance. This is the whole point of this program, of this outreach, that people in the church, members who have been in the church for years, baptized and chrismated, are living on crumbs, spiritual crumbs, whereas God offers us the whole loaf. So my friend, open your heart to God's message and to the word that will be brought to you uh, even in the minutes ahead on this program. I want to talk to you about God's people, even in the Old Covenant, who fell short of their privileges. God always has a special blessing for his people. And in the Old Testament, you will remember how God poured out his blessings upon the children of Israel. He heard their cries of anguish in the land of Egypt, in the land of bondage, and he set them free under the leadership of Moses. He divided the waters of the Red Sea so that people might go through, and they passed through the Red Sea and were set free, liberated from the bondage of the Pharaoh. And as the people of God traveled and journeyed toward the promised land, they went through the wilderness where God protected them, and he poured out all the blessings of heaven upon them. He furnished them with and supplied them with all their needs. And he asked them, what have you lacked? Have you lacked anything? God met all of their spiritual and physical needs. And yet, the tragic thing is that the Israelites who left the land of bondage, who were set free, released from Pharaoh and from Egypt, who received all of the blessings, they received the, the light of that uh, pillar of fire. As you remember uh, from the book of Ex Exodus, God provided light for them in the dark that would guide them in the darkness it, it, in, at night. And during the day, God would provide a pillar of the cloud, that, that cloud that would cover them and protect them from that burning sun. So God was there at their side, going before them, protecting them from every evil, protecting them from every danger. And yet, when they arrived at the very threshold of the promised land, of the land of Canaan, they missed out. They were deprived of entering into that land of promise where, where it, it, which flows with 
milk and honey according to the promises of God because this people uh, was a stiff-necked people and they were disobedient and they were they grumbled and they murmured against Moses remember they received that manna from heaven when they were hungry God furnished them with food from heaven and the Bible calls it angels food they didn't have to work for it all they had to do is just pick it up and uh, meet their physical needs they were nourished with this wonderful food that miraculously came down from heaven and in their hour of thirst God provided refreshing water for them to quench the thirst when Moses struck uh, smote that rock in Meribah and out of that rock came forth water which uh, satisfied them to the uttermost there was nothing that they lacked the Israelites had everything and yet when they arrived at the banks of the river Jordan they refused to cross out of fear uh, Moses had sent 12 men in to the land of Canaan to spy out that land before embarking upon possessing it and occupying it and they remained there 40 days and when they returned they brought the report and 12 of 10 of those 12 10 of those 12 brought an evil report that discouraged the children of Israel from embarking upon possessing the land and they were frightened there were only two Joshua and, Joshua and Caleb who remained full of courage and faith and trusted God's word that they would overcome the enemy but these ten the ten of the twelve spies discouraged the Israelites they said no uh, we will be unable to occupy that land why it's foolishness it would be uh, suicidal to try to overcome the enemy because they are uh, out, they would outnumber us and they, they're armed to the teeth and uh, they are men of great stature this is the way they describe them they are men of great stature whereas uh, we we are grasshoppers in our sight so we were in uh, their sight and as a result the people of Israel began to grumble and to murmur against Moses and to complain saying where have you brought us uh, you've brought us here at in this strange land where where uh, we are to be destroyed by these uh, by these enemy people at least in Egypt we, we were protected we might have been in bondage but at least we had protection and our lives were not endangered so God's wrath was manifested upon the children of Israel. God's wrath came upon their unbelief. And uh, it's the Apostle Paul quotes in uh, Hebrews, the chap uh, chapter 3 in Hebrews. Uh, and he reminds the Christian believers of the loss that the Israelites had suffered at the very threshold of the land of promise and the Apostle Paul directs himself to the Christian believers 
And he says, be careful so that you might not suffer the same calamity that the children of Israel suffered in the old covenant. They had all the blessings, all the promises. They had the covenant. They had the assurance of God. They had the power of God at their disposal. And yet they hesitated to cross the river Jordan to possess, to occupy the land that flowed with milk and honey. And God condemned them. And uh, they were condemned by God never to step foot in upon the promised land. And he said, God said to the Israelites that they will never uh, step foot in the promised land. But only their offspring, only your offspring, he said, will uh, move into the promised land and enjoy the promises of God. And God uh, said to the disobedient Israelites, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. And all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Uh, this was the terrible condemnation that came upon the Israelites. It, but as for you, and I read from the book of Numbers, but as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness. And your children shall wander in the wilderness. Forty years, and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. And in this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. So the children of Israel were condemned to wander forty years in the wilderness until they would be consumed, until their carcasses would fall, until they would die. And only their children would have the privilege of entering into that land that flows with milk and honey. And friend, that's the way it is with those who are members of the church. There are so many blessings that you receive in church. You have been baptized. You have been confirmed. You have been chrismated. And you probably receive the communion. The body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of all of the blessings that you have received. Especially if in your church you practice infant baptism. God has had his hand upon you since you were a little child. And he has just bestowed so many blessings upon you. He's manifested his divine favor upon you. And he's revealed his will to you. And he's showed his love for you. And his mercy and his goodness. And his redeeming grace. Through baptism and through all the other sacraments. And yet, the paradoxical and the most tragic thing. Is that with all of these blessings. It's very possible that you've come to a point in your life. Where you refuse to step beyond, in other words, to move on in God and to possess the promised land that flows with milk and honey. Because God has destined us for that promised land, which is the kingdom of God. It's a spiritual kingdom. Like 
God, like the Lord says in the, in the scriptures, my kingdom is not eating and drinking, but it is joy, righteousness, and peace in the Holy Spirit. It is an eternal communion with God. It is viewing, is looking at God, seeing the face of the Lord Jesus Christ for an eternity and enjoying the fellowship of God and entering into the life, that eternal and infinite life of the Godhead. In other words, sharing in the life of God. There's nothing more wonderful than that. So, God has set you free. He set you free, probably, by, uh, by conferring baptismal grace upon you. He set you free from that land of bondage, from the bondage of the devil. He's liberated you from hell, and he's conferred the Holy Spirit upon you through the sacraments. And he's given you also that bread of life, which is the manna from heaven. You have become a recipient of so many, so many blessings. And yet, you probably have come to a point where you're at a religious and spiritual stalemate. In other words, you have not really possessed the fullness of your spiritual inheritance. God wants you to move on. We have to move on. We have to grow in the Holy Spirit. God does not want you to be static, to stay where you have been, but to grow and to increase and to reach the stature of the measure of the fullness of Jesus Christ. I want to read in the book, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, where the Apostle Paul goes over the blessings of the people of God. And he writes, Brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual food and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. In the wilderness. <coughs> now this is an enumeration. It's a survey of all the blessings that the Israelites had received. And it reminds me of what you and I in the church receive. We are, we are baptized not in the cloud, not in the Red Sea, but we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that cloud in the Old Testament symbolized the Holy Spirit baptism and the Red Sea symbolized the Christian baptism. And the manna that fell from heaven is a type and a figure and a symbol of the body of Christ because Jesus uh, tells us in the Gospel of John chapter 6 that your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead now. But the bread that I will give you, when you eat of this bread, 
which is my body, you will never die. Isn't that wonderful? It is the body of Christ that communicates and imparts immortality and eternity to our finite human existence. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So my beloved, God wants us to move on and to receive the fullness of our spiritual inheritance, to put away all fear. Those Israelites were afraid. They said, no, uh, these enemies will overcome us. Uh, we will not uh, be overcomers. We cannot win them over. We're going to be destroyed. In other words, they showed distrust and unbelief in God's word. When God tells us, move on, fear not, I will go before you. When the Lord says the battle is not yours, the battle is mine. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. So, friend, I'm asking you to take your eyes today off of your problem. You may have some kind of an affliction. You may, have, you may be going through some kind of testing today. But I'm going to ask you to take your eyes off of the circumstances. And put your eyes to, onto Jesus. Look into the face of Jesus. Look at God's word that promises you that all things are possible through him that believes. <coughs> and we are more than conquerors, as the Bible says, through him, through him who has loved us. For Jesus Christ died upon the cross to destroy the power of the enemy. So the power and the dominion of the devil is broken through Jesus Christ and we are overcomers in him. Jesus lives his life in you. And I'm going to ask you today to open your heart and to receive Jesus. Perhaps you've been leading and living a defeated life, but God wants you to be a conquered overcomer and to live a victorious life. Take that victory which is in Jesus. He won that victory 2,000 years ago for you. Take it. Keep your eyes on him. Stand on God's word and move on and take everything that God has for you that spiritual victory over sickness, over disease, over sin, and over every spiritual and physical affliction that the devil is trying to put upon you. God is stronger than the devil. Jesus Christ has destroyed the power of the devil. Take that victory and enjoy your privileges. Be not afraid, for it says there, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of a sound mind and make your religion today make it viable and make it meaningful and put Jesus Christ into your life because that's what Christianity is all about it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ our crucified and our, our risen Savior we're running out of time and until next time I want to wish you all God's most richest blessings We thank you for having joined Father Stefanu in this new broadcast of Inspiration and Faith. We hope you will tune in again next week for another half hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This program is made possible by the free will offerings of the viewers. 
Your prayerful and financial support is vital to the continuance of this telecast.